0: In Acts chapter 3, I find the story that is so amazing. Now, when you, when you think about the early church, the early Christian, there are two distinguished marks that just kind of, Jump right out as you read the book of Acts, the birth of the New Testament church and the early Christians and how went out, how they went out in, uh, under the most dire conditions, circumstances, under severe persecution and, and, and a lot of difficulties. They continue to live up their faith and turn the world uh, in their world, right side up, as I would like to say it. But someone said there's two, two distinguishing characteristics of the early church, early Christian. They were, here, here they were, poverty and power. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, when we think poverty, we think no power. But in the God's economy, (laughs) that seems to be what God seems to capitalize on. The early church didn't have a lot of things that we are so blessed to have as a a 21st century Christians. Uh, Their poverty, I believe, led them to a total dependency upon Christ and living out their faith in a hostile environment. And that gave them power from above to be a witness. As you read pages after pages in the book of Acts, you will find, man, how did they do what they did? What, what enabled them? What power? Well, that the, the same power is available to you and me today, uh, that we learn to trust Him, learn to depend upon Him, and do it God's way and not our way and of course as we do that God will bless people get saved and they'll be added uh, to the church. But I want to read the story in chapter 3 uh, Acts chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. Would you read that with me please? In Acts chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. Talk about middle of the afternoon three o'clock. Peter and John went up to pray uh, into the temple and a certain Man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that enter into the temple. What a pitiful condition of this man. Born lame, was carried to, laid at the gates of the temple, to beg for his meager survival who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, or he begged for some money. Uh, it's interesting when I read this passage, I, I cannot get it through my mind that there is a poverty that exists in our world, a poverty that is much deeper than monetary poverty, and that is the spiritual poverty. And I think about this passage as this man is reaching out to Peter and John and and he says, hey, (laughs) give me something. And I feel like that's how the world is uh, looking at the church and looking at us as a Christian. Uh, Give us something that will satisfy. Uh, The world doesn't want the church to give them what the world gives them. They need something far bigger and better. And that's what God can do and what God can give. But I love the response from Peter and John uh, in verse 4. And Peter, fasting his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. In other words, he's fixing to uh, have a personal conversation. He's not just going to bypass this guy who has called out for some assistance. Uh, so, uh, so Peter and John stops and says to him, hey, would you look at us for a minute? Would you hear us out? Would you, would you consider what we have to offer you? And the man, he gave heed, or he paid attention to them, <laughs> expecting to receive something of them. Now, you can see a little humor here. I'm sure this man has been sitting at this gate many, many, many years, many, many days, and have done this Many, many, many times. It seems as no one has ever stopped to interact with him. It seems that, you know, I have seen temples in India where beggars sit on the side and people flow in and out of the temple. They take some coins out and they throw it into their bowl without ever making an eye contact. And I don't know why Peter and John at this stage with this man stopped and interacted. I'm sure this man, when he saw them stop and said, Peter and John saying to him, Hey, buddy, would you, would you pay attention to what we have to say or more likely what we have to give? Because that's what this man was asking. Give me something that will help me in the condition that I'm in. And so he is expecting to receive something of Peter and John probably of something of monetary value, because that's what he's needing. He's needing some money to buy food, uh, to survive as, as, a, as a condition he's in. There's no other option he has. So he pays attention and uh, expecting to receive something of them. Uh, I, I, I get convicted every time I read that passage. Because I really believe the world expects something big, something more, something better from the church of Lord Jesus Christ. They're expecting from us to hear the truth. They're expecting from us to display the love of God in Christ Jesus. They're expecting from us a life that is different from the life that is out in the world. And so they, he's expecting to receive something. And then notice the verse, uh, verse six. Then Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Boy, can you imagine the expression on this guy's face as Peter and John pull out their pockets and pull them out and then nothing came out of those pockets but dust. And they said, hey, and this guy's, remember, he's expecting, man, this guy stopped. They want to talk to me. They got something really good or big to give me. And, and he's, he's focused in. And Peter and John said, now look at us. And, and they said, look, we don't have any silver or gold. Remember we talked about earlier, poverty was one of the distinguishing marks of the early Christian. Peter and John, disciples of Jesus Christ, didn't have two coins to give to this man. And this man was expecting something like that. But notice what Peter and John had to give to this man, which was far greater than silver and gold, which was far greater and which will do far greater work in this man's heart, which will satisfy his deepest hunger, not just the physical, but his spiritual hunger. No one has stopped to share Christ with this man. No one has said what this Peter and James are about to say. He said, well, what we have, we're willing to give to you, man. And boy, that was a beautiful answer, isn't it? Peter and John said, look now, what you're looking for, What you're asking for, we don't have silver and gold. But what we have is something far better, and we have plenty of that to give to you. And then they go on to give that answer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Man, what up, what up. Powerful thing that must have transpired in those few moments. Somehow, the Spirit of God working through Peter and John, Spirit of God working in this beggar's life, and, and listening to the words that come from Peter and John, some it it, it gave him the the beggar uh, ability to say, you know what, <laughs> Jesus is far better than silver and gold. He's the Messiah. He's the Anointed One. He's the one I've been hearing about. And these guys are offering him. He said that. We have, we give him to you. Would you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would you accept him, the one who can satisfy your longings, one who can mend your broken life, one who can fulfill your life? And and that miracle of all miracles takes place. The man did not question, man did not get angry, man did not say, that's not what I asked for. You're giving me something that I don't really need. He seems to understand he needed something far more than silver and gold. Because silver and gold, all it will do for him to, to bring him back the next day, be a beggar. And the next day, be a beggar. He'll continue this process. But in Christ, everything changes. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He got more than he bargained for that day. is that what faith is all about? When you put your faith in the living God and his son, Jesus Christ, you're going to get more than you bargained for, more than you could ever dream or expect. But the riches of heaven are at your disposal now. God is on your side and working along with you. So this man receives this invitation, he accepts the invitation, he rises up, and he receives healing, complete healing. What He was born this way, remember? And, and you can make so many applications here, uh, people born in their sin um, never could ever find their way to God. God has to come and intervene and raise them up out of the deadness of sin and make them alive in Christ Jesus, and we can go on and on. And so he gets up, his feet and ankle bone receive strength, look at verse 8, leaping up stood and walked enter with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God (laughs) what a beautiful scene isn't it he's no longer outside begging he's inside praising hallelujah (laughs) he's no longer lame He's whole, made whole physically and spiritual because it's obvious he's leaping and praising God. Brother, he's jumping up and down with the joy and praising God for the miracle that has just transpired in his life. All because somebody offered him Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So rise up in his name. Trust him. Let him do the miraculous that he alone can do. And he did. And he experienced this. Isn't that a beautiful uh, Christian faith? is believing first and then seeing. And that's what happened in this man. He believed and now he saw the result of his faith. And he was in the church, in the temple, praising God with them. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 10. And they knew that it was he which sat, from, uh, uh, sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed helped Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Wow, what a beautiful thing took place. I want to make just a couple applications very quickly for us this evening. Number one, how important it is for us as people of God to pray. Peter and John is middle of the day. I'm sure they were busy men, but this was their habit. This is what they believed. This is where the power was. Though they had responsibility, they chose time to go to the house of God and to pray to God Almighty. I believe God works through praying people. I believe God is interested in you and I praying, not only individually, but collectively. Let me ask you this. Who is your prayer partner? There's Peter and John. Their prayer partners. Middle of the day. They go into church to pray. Wonder know what they're going to pray about. You think they had on their mind, God uses us to touch someone? Enable us to speak the truth in love to someone today. Enable us today, oh Lord, that our lives may count for you today. I don't know what they were thinking, but it's obvious from what has transpired, this might have been, Up front in their prayer life, seeking the lost, wanting to share the gospel. And right there outside the church door, there's a man who who is in need to hear the beautiful news of love of God in Christ Jesus for him. Who is your prayer partner? I believe when we pray together, we usually do not have a lot of problems. For example, my prayer partner is my wife. And we, we deliberately, as Pastor Priest several months ago, messaged about marriage and talked about the, putting the big rocks in first, the important things in your life. Talk about reading scripture and praying together. And, and, you know, and we, we do this all the time. And we pray together. And you know what I have learned over the years? Praying together with my wife helps me to love her, to work along with her, to have same heart and mind like Peter and John, concerned for the things of God. I truly believe when people pray together, lots of problems are resolved. Not only that, but then on the other side, God begins to work in a powerful way Using those prayer partners to accomplish His will. Connecting us to those who are needing to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember in, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus Jesus left His disciples with one prayer request. That's all. Only time you find the scripture, a prayer request from Jesus Christ. And here's the prayer request. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. Jesus was moved with compassion as he looked at Jerusalem and he saw that the harvest is ready and to har- uh, the, the field are ready and to harvest. You know, the people are ready. There is a whole world out there, but there is not enough laborers to go out there. And Jesus said, I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will raise up laborers to be sent forth into his field. Wow. What a prayer request, isn't it? I hope we are praying about that as a church. Dear God, we know, God, you raised up laborers in the past. Do it again. Continue to work in our midst, raising up men and women with a passion for you, Lord Jesus. Passion for the souls that are dying without you, Lord Jesus. And and thrust them out into the regions beyond. May that ought to be the cry of our church as every believer working together. The whole church for the whole world. Number two. Not only how important it is to pray. See, when people are not praying, I don't expect God to do anything. I really believe that element that God has given us to engage in a, in a, in a dialogue with Him through prayer is very, very important. He would not ask us to do that lest that it has such an important significance to our Christian life as well as ourselves. Number two, how important believers are to unbelievers. You know, I don't care what anybody says. I know beyond a shadow of doubt. And I believe most of you will agree. The world is expecting something from the church. We who claim that we serve the one true living God, We who claim by faith in Jesus Christ and his work of redemption, we have forgiveness and life eternal. And we have peace with God and peace with... We claim the world is expecting the church to live up to that standard. And when they reach out to the church and say, expecting something from us, may we be able to deliver. May we be able to deliver and give them Jesus You see, number three is simply this. We do have Jesus to offer. And Jesus is far better than silver and gold. Jesus is more than enough to satisfy the longing of their soul, to bring them peace with God, peace with themselves, peace with their fellow man. We have Jesus to offer. Aren't you glad somebody offered Jesus to you one day when you were in that condition, broken, undone, in sin, And Christ came into your life and changed you. We have him to offer to the world. And and aren't you glad? He is sufficient. He's more than enough. And someone said this, and I love it. More you give away Jesus, more of you, more of him you have. In other words, you'll never run out of Jesus. You may run out of silver and gold, but you'll never run out of Jesus. So may we be faithful as we... Think about this, uh, uh, this days of uh, uh, mission emphasis. Maybe remember, we have something for the world. And his name is Jesus. He's sufficient to meet all of their needs. And when they come to know Christ, just like this man, everything changes. Their whole life perspective changes from going from begging to praising. And that's my prayer. So I hope that you have someone on your heart, some people group, uh, some a country, uh, somebody in your family uh, that you know, or a friend or a coworker, you know they're not saved. Begin to pray for them. Join someone else. Ask them to join with you in prayer for them. And then do everything possible to share Christ with them. I think it's so important. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope the message is a blessing to you. How important you are as a believer, to an unbelieving world. Would you pray with me as we close the service? Father in heaven, we praise you today. These stories in the scriptures, we call them stories, but they are real life events that took place. Have you showed your power when the church was poor, but it was powerful? May you help us to be like that. Though we have so much more than they all did, please help us to be faithful in sharing you with others. For we know, Lord, you alone can satisfy. We know you alone can mend broken bodies. We know you alone can bring healing to hearts. And I pray today that this mission emphasis week will not be just today, but this will be part of us as it is part of you the mission looking at people with your eyes and having a heart of compassion to share you lord jesus with them bless our missionaries lord all who are serving in so many different places may you protect them dear jesus Uh, i know you're aware of each one you have planted them in a specific area make their ministry fruitful lord make their efforts count protect their children, protect their family, protect their ministry. May they be able to bring glory to you. And then, Lord, we here as a sending church and as we serve you here in Goldsboro and Wayne County, enable us all to be effective witness like Peter and John. Be able to look at people with confidence and courage that your solution is in Jesus Christ and be willing to offer Christ to so many who are in dire need. So continue to lead our church, O Spirit of God. Continue to keep us close to Jesus. Continue to give us unity and harmony to work together for the cause of souls around the world. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.